Here in New York, watching all the protests happening across the nation just really made me think back to another time in which I witnessed a lot of mass protests um, in a very intense period of time. Um, what I'm referring to is back in 2014 when I was in Taipei, Taiwan, during what is now known as the Sunflower Movement. Just looking back on what's been happening across the nation here in the U.S. Um, really kind of triggered some things and made me think back to what was going on at that time. I remember the day that the students and activists um, broke into the legislative yuan. Um, when I heard news of it, I immediately went down to see what the scene was like, and it was pretty intense. I remember going to the legislative yuan and seeing the police in the riot gear and the barbed wire barricades, and a lot of people were out in the street basically chanting and pleading with the police, don't hurt the students, don't hurt the students. Um, a lot of people were concerned that if the students were to break into the legislative yuan, that the police would crack down on the students harshly um, with either tear gas or some kind of physical brutality. So, yeah, it was really intense. What uh, did end up happening is that the students and activists ended up occupying the legislative yuan, which is equivalent to the Congress or Parliament in, tai in Taipei. Um, and the reason for that was because there was a trade pact that the Mangzhou administration was had been trying to push through without transparency. There was a lot of mounting tensions. People had been protesting over this for quite some time, and they were finally fed up. Literally, occupied the legislative yuan to block the passage of the trade pact. Um, you know, just reflecting back on that, it was very interesting to see that during those three weeks there was thousands and thousands of people gathered around the perimeter of the legislative yuan. Um, I went there quite often. It was a very peaceful protest. There were a lot of um, stations and cleanup and and actually, it was very interesting because at the time, a lot of people even commented on this was like the most peaceful, obedient protest that they've ever seen because the students and activists um, were very law-abiding. They even like cleaned up. They had people like doing cleanup duty, constantly cleaning up the trash and recycling at the site. Um, and there were also a um, large amount of support from the society. Um, I remember in a lot of cases there were college professors that actually canceled their classes and told their students to go into the street. And they actually did an open-air lecture outside of the legislative yuan. Um, I guess it was an exercise to let these students know what the movement was about and what this what activism was. So it was just a very, very interesting experience. Of course, there was some brutality a few days after the occupation of the legislative yuan when another group of students and activists tried to occupy the executive yuan. And there was some police brutality and crackdowns. Just thinking about all these things and not saying what's right or what's wrong, what's the best way to handle things when mass protests happen. But what's happening here in New York and across the U.S. reminded me of this time in Taipei. So I thought this might be a good time to reshare uh, one of the episodes that I did with an activist who was involved with the 
occupation. He was there on the night of the occupation. Without further ado, here is that episode. You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. I'm Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan podcast. It's April 5th, 2014, and I'm continuing the conversation with our guest today, Tony Chang of Taitu Chenming Geming ING, the Taiwan Independent Citizens Revolution. So Tony, what can you tell me about your involvement in the protests over the signing of a trade pact between Taiwan and China? These protests are the ones that led to the occupation of the legislative yuan and the sunflower movement that's happening here in Taipei. Okay, on March 18 in the morning, we actually protested in the morning against the service agreement. Yes, the trade pact, right? Yeah, the trade pact with China. But in the afternoon, I heard that they were going to do something in the evening, but I didn't know what. I stayed because I wanted to keep the protest going. Mm-hmm. So it was actually, the evening was an extension of the morning. Okay. Okay? Because people were still giving speech and gathering crowds, and they were doing this on Jinan Jinan Road, Jinan Lu. Okay? So we were just staying there to support. But somehow I got messages from friends that they were going to do something and we were going to cooperate with the young crowds who are occupants in the legislative yuan now. I know their leaders' names, but I don't know them personally. Okay. I believe what they are doing is right. So I stayed, and our assignment was actually trying to divert police attention to the front gates uh, of legislature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were basically just pushing the fences. Mm-hmm. So the police was very anxious yeah. because the chairman of Alliance of Referendum for Taiwan, they had once replaced the flag of Republic of China was the green flag that symbolizes Taiwan's independence. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? The flag that's on the building of the legislative yuan? He actually climbed up oh. stories of this building to actually uh, replace the flag. So the police wow. sort of were all very, very nervous. When, when, did, when did that happen? That happened, I think, maybe a year ago. Okay, yeah, and the Alliance for Referendum of Taiwan actually has, uh, they're permanently stationed there. They have a a section where they've been there for a couple of years in the the front of the legislative year, right? So the police officers were all very anxious, and they basically rushed into the front gates. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. because one of their senior officers was punished, because of the flag incident. Oh, right. So uh-huh. all these officers, they were worried that yeah. they were yeah. going to rep- be reprimanded by their senior officer. Sure, yeah. So they were all <laughs> trying to protect the flag, but uh-huh. it wasn't the point of yeah. Yeah, the occupation. Uh-huh. So actually the young people could actually break the windows and they jumped into 
the oh, legislation. Wow, and, I didn't uh, know about this part. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about this. Uh-huh. So that's our in- involvement. And we actually later climbed over the fences into the open area mm-hmm. and occupied the, yeah. the front section of the legislative yet. But were you able to go inside or you're just sitting in the, in the front area? Uh, the, the, no, the gate was closed and we actually tried to break into it, but it was too difficult. It was right. just, right. Yeah, it was one of those automatic metal uh, gates. Oh. Yeah, hmm. that can roll down. Oh. That can roll down. It rolls out? I mean, it rolls open? You know, it's like the garage gate. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, okay. It's hard, really hard to break into. Right, right. Yeah, but because you guys created the diversion, then the students and protesters were able to break in through the back door, right? Yeah, and it was successful. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So that's what happens. Did I answer your question? Oh, yeah, no, that's great. I, I didn't know about this part, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know. They only know that somehow the students and protesters broke in. Um, but yeah, we didn't know there are other groups involved. Right. Well, you know, I met with you a few times uh, mm-hmm. on the protest side, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I really didn't have time to give you the details. Oh yeah, so, no, that's fine. But um, now you. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah, yeah, now I know. That's exciting. That's exciting yeah, yeah, very much so. And it, I mean, it's like this is a historic movement. You know, it's like the largest student-led protest in Asia. No, never mind in Taiwan, in the history of Taiwan, but I think it's currently the largest student-led protest in all of Asia. And, and it's, it, it's the first time students' crowds break into the, the legislative or Congress. Right, or Parliament, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. and then they're going into their third week now. So people are very nervous this weekend because um, right now in Taiwan, it's um, the tomb sweeping weekend where people will go back to visit their ancestral graves and um, clean uh, to clean up the gravesite. So a lot of people, it's kind of like a weekend, uh, holiday weekend. So people are saying they're very nervous that the police are going to try to crack down and actually remove the students from the legislative yuan. Right. Yeah. So were you there? I'm sure you were there yesterday. Like, what was your feeling of how things were yesterday? I was there from 2 to 11, mm-hmm. as usual, as long as this protest is uh, successful, is ongoing. But what I actually uh, experienced was that people were very anxious. Mm-hmm were very anxious and they actually were um, actually preoccupied with this fear or horror that the police would come any moment, mm-hmm. fear everybody, and they would use violence. Because on March 24th, when the police actually came in with violence, they yeah. Well, we're you're you're referring to the executive yuan, not to confuse uh, people, because first the group occupied the legislative yuan, but then there was another group of students who were upset because it had been a week and they had not received any real response to the, from the government or the president. So then they went and broke into the executive yuan, and they actually also were able to enter and occupy. Um, but then the police came and cracked down to remove them. 
And so were you there at the executive year when that happened? I was there and I witnessed the violence and people were like bleeding and their heads were hurt and yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot, there are a lot of images uh, on the internet right now. Right, right. Uh, so people saw that and so yesterday they were very uh, scared. Right. So around 200 people uh, were in, in the protest site. I am actually the leader of that mm -hmm. protest site. Mm -hmm. um, and people were very anxious and helpless and they were all just talking and uh, they were not really, they kind of lost their mind. They were just saying all these things like, oh, what, what should we do? Should we uh, use uh, this or that tools mm. or should we go get what, balloons? Some people were saying balloons or... Mm. Uh, balloons, we should fill the balloons with paints, different colors of paints. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we, we should use uh, tubes. They were just saying all these things, like we should move all these furnitures and stop them. And they were just out of their minds. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, people and, probably, they were trying to think of how, how they can defend themselves, right? It was, it was a mess. And mm -hmm. something actually was holding the microphone and when I was getting the speakers because the speakers were out of battery so oh. mm -hmm. I left to get the speakers when somebody was holding the microphone and hosts that site and it became really noisy and people the circle became smaller and smaller so people were gathering and everybody was giving their opinions anxiously so when I arrived with the new battery, mm -hmm. I actually had to forcefully get the microphone back and calm everybody down. Wow. Yeah. What did, you, what did you say to everybody? What I did, that was around 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I said, everyone, you should calm down. You should calm down. Because this is exactly what the regime wants us to do, is to panic. Mm -hmm. So I assured them that before 11 o'clock, they won't come in. The police won't come in, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. I was sure because I got the messages from the inside of mm -hmm. the legislative Yuan that mm -hmm. they were going to start having our own meetings in the morning mm -hmm. to decide whether this trade pact is... They, they were going to examine the trade pact by having people vote in the morning. Hmm. I was sure that the police wouldn't come in. So I calmed everybody down and I gave them a speech about how Taiwanese people should stay strong and we should gather more people and we should listen to the commanders inside the legislative Yuan. And I told them this is a war between authoritative regime a Chinese authoritative regime who is working closely with communist China and but they're on Taiwan mm. and Taiwanese people showed that half a million people actually had come out on last Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so on the 30th. We should focus on gathering more people to come out than trying to, you know, 
do all these crazy things mm-hmm. uh, ourselves mm-hmm. because we're not organized enough mm-hmm. to do these things. Okay, basically the legislators, especially the Kuomintang legislators, are trying to pass this trade pact. They don't listen to people. They don't listen to the people in the movement. Right, because they, first the um, students and protesters asked for a line-by-line line review, which was what they were supposed to do, and the, because they bypassed it, that's how this whole protest began. And then they said, well, we would actually like you to throw out the entire trade pact and institute a mechanism so that um, all of these kinds of negotiations or agreements between China and Taiwan would be monitored. And they had some other um, list of demands, but so far the president and nobody has addressed any of these things. Exactly. I'm Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan podcast. My guest today has been Tony Chang of Taitu Chemin Gurming ING. Stay tuned as we continue the conversation about Tony's views on the sunflower movement as it goes into its third week. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.